The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey guys, another week of NFL is here. What a show, what a show. You can take advantage, if you like any of those picks, at BetDSI. Now, hey, quite a good book in general, BetDSI, but we have a special offer on top of that. 20 years online, great reputation for customer service, fast payment of your winnings, and to help you get started, making it a great deal, you use Bell 101, B-E-L-L 101, and you double your deposit. Think about that. Put in 100, you got 200. Put in 1,000, 2,000. Put in 2,000, you got four. All the way up to 2,500, you can double it. It's, it's even better than having a guaranteed winner, and there are no guaranteed winners. So you go to betdsi.com, use Bell 101, and you can take advantage Think about it. What could happen? You go, you don't really like the book. Okay, it's possible. There's chocolate and vanilla ice cream, as they say. Then you run through your turnover enough. You double your money on your deposit. Chances are you come out in good shape. And if you do like BetDSI, like most people do, then you not only have doubled your money, but you now have another secure, trustworthy out. And that helps you win those outs, having at least three. If you don't have three, now once you have three, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, it helps. But if you go from one to two or two to three, it's gigantic. BetDSI.com, Bell 101. Let's get straight to the show. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable, broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right, NFL week number six with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest champion. To my left, coming back for redemption. Brad Powers, I'm R.J. Bell. Maddie Holt, off this week down at G2E. It should be a rare occurrence, but he's got a big business he's running, and I hear he's doing great. We'll hear next week how he did. Fez, you had the honor to be on a featured panel at G2E. At the end of the pod, we'll say Fez is going to talk for a minute or two about it, and you can hear everyone clicking off, but there'll be, <laughs> there'll be like a few people still listening, right? But listen, let's talk about Brad coming back because Brad lost last week. Now he's going to have his spin on it, right? And we'll give him a chance to have his spin. But he came in because he got baited in, he got beat, and he's back. You got to give the guy credit there. Now, let's caveat that. He insisted upon minus 105. So usually this is a no vig kind of betting. But, and listen, give Maddie or or give Brad credit is he said, you know, just make it so I, if I split out, I win just a smidge. Pretty smart. Now he wanted 110. We talked him down to 105. What was your thinking on that, man? 
Well, I mean, obviously, when you had a, I owe you money after I go three and two of my likes, I had to come up with a different type of, I would say, thinking. So I don't have to owe you more money week after week. <laughs> now, does it, it didn't take you just a minute to get into like, oh, I, I had a winning record. Like it, it, you count the money at the end. Yeah, right? that's the old saying. That's all that matters. That's the old saying, right? You know who won and lost by counting the money at the end. And I'm counting you, money. <laughs> <laughs> and you did go three and two. Though, let's be candid. Mm. Explain. Uh, how your feelings about that Tennessee? Because you laid, oh. it, I, we laid three and a half against you. It closed like at six. <laughs> I mean, do you want to almost like give that money back? No, outright winner. <laughs> it's not like, not like they, they lost by three. You know what's funny, yeah. Fez? If you actually look at the line moves on all these bets, I think like the the games that have moved significantly are like one and six or something. It's like been whoever's been on the right side of their line moves been losing. Yeah, and we saw that in the consensus record at the Super Contest. Not good last week. By the way, on the Super Contest, and remember, one of the things we do different than any other podcast, we start with the best bets that we're going to enter into the Super Contest. But we always give the caveat, if the lines change drastically... We're, we have the right to change. Now, week one through four, we never made one change. Every bet we gave in the top three, we put in exactly. And by the way, we're in the classic contest and the $5,000 gold, and we haven't had a losing week yet on either contest. And we've had some two, two, and ones, but that's a break even where I come from in a contest with <laughs> no big. So literally... You know, we're and, and and we're right in it. You know, obviously we're actually up a half game in the classic, but that's a bigger pool. And but listen, we're in striking distance. Prop bet for both of you, given that we never have a losing week in the gold, what is the chance that we win? Oh we never had a losing week in the gold. You're not gonna push that much. Boy, I would have to say we'd be almost fifty fifty. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that sounds about right. Is that exactly what you were thinking? It was. See, Fez, you're the best out there to quickly come up with odds. So I, I feel pretty good that, that we were thinking the same. So, Fez, this time, though, we actually backed off two of our games, and they both won. So, Seattle, explain your rationale. And we let the individual picker decide. Explain your rationale with Seattle. Yeah, so I got on Seattle plus seven and then seven and a halves. And you actually were pretty strongly thinking that line would drop. I did. I made the game five, so I was confident that this was going to crash down to six and a half. The opposite happened during the midweek. Seven and a halves became the widely available number, and I hate playing a number in a contest worse than the market number. Because here's the thing. If we could bet... At seven and a half. Did you bet the game still? Yeah, I went and bet plus eight. Yeah. So, but if you're playing a car, it's like the opposite where we had, we took advantage when Aaron Rodgers against Minnesota, we weren't sure if he was going to play. The super contest made the line seven, if I'm remembering. Right. He ends up playing. So the line ended up being around pick him. Well, hey, you take advantage. To have to be locked in on Wednesday would be such a big disadvantage. We couldn't win, the, have a chance to win. And also, there was a second game that we backed away from, which was my pick, Kansas City, 
But man, it was a sharp, I mean, it ended up being three, you know, what, 2.7 or whatever, as you'd like to say, three plus a hundred or whatever. Yeah, plus three minus 120, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a 20 cent move, but part of the handicap was, hey, listen, we're getting the best of the number. I thought the play was going to be a little contrarian, which we, now what does that mean? Because sometimes you don't mind taking slightly the worst of it if you feel like no one else is taking it. Because then if you're right, even let's just say it's a 50 percenter, right? Let's say your handicap gives you a couple percentage points, but your line move disadvantage or your line value disadvantage uh, evens it out. So you're 50. Boy, especially if you're not, if you're behind late, you like the idea of a 50% chance to gain a game on a lot of people. Really powerful concept. In fact, if you told me that every single person in that contest was going to play a 53% play next week, I would play the 47% play, figuring I can pick up a game on everyone if I Almost get it right. Because that, that difference between 50 and, and 53 and 47 it, 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 it's almost imperceptible in the short term. In the long term, it means everything. That's what makes learning to win at sports betting so hard. It's imperceptible, that difference between what Fez is doing and what Freddie Fanny Pack is doing is hard to know in the short term, but it's the nuts in the long term. Okay, we're going to get to the games and the picks this week, starting off with the best bets, but first... We always start our show now with the fall with uh let's say we're going around the horn. Hi, I'm Brad Bowers and I lost a hundred dollars on my first week of the NFL Dream Pod. Hi, I'm Steve Fezzik, an extroverted actuary. I lost $400 on the NFL Dream Pod. <laughs> an extroverted actuary. I like that. I'm RJ Bell. I won the most. Only guy that won 300 smackaroonies, but I want more. <laughs> an intro, an extroverted actuary. Have you ever said that before? A few times. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> Means I stare at your shoes, not mine, when I speak to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Now you didn't just come up with that. That where did you get that is good. Where'd you get that? It's a joke out there. Ah. I'm gonna incorporate your duct tape on my shoes as well to make it really no, a great no, one. no, 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 no. But but listen. I give you the banana sometimes, the banana dance. <laughs> that one is the office. I don't know. We don't even have a draw for a good know, we're not joke. used to that. We've got to get a good one. Showtime! Woo! All right, Fez, speaking of perceptible, how are you doing on your five best bets this year? Oh, that, well, that me, we're given on the show. Well, let me go through my notes here. I'm not really sure. I, wait, I... Oh, here it is. It's five and oh. All right. Let's keep it going. Best bet. Best bet. We're going to go Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half in the Queen City against the Cincinnati Bengals. Really like this bet. The Bengals are overrated. We've been talking about how lucky my Bengals are. And frankly, RJ, if there's one team I like and I follow the most, it's the Cincinnati Bengals still being from Southern Ohio. Really lucky win to start the season against Indianapolis. Game could have gone either way. Really fortunate win against the Atlanta Falcons. A.J. Green catches a long pass in the final 30 seconds to steal that game. But nothing could compare to the luck the Bengals had last week 
hosting Miami down three to 17. They somehow win the game 27 to 17 with not one, but two defensive touchdowns. Uh, Listen, I had the Dolphins. It was on everything I did. And boy, it's, it's just one of those games. And it's funny. I tweeted out at RJ in Vegas pros on Dolphins, Joe's on the Bengals. And literally when the game was over, that a hot take or cold takes exposed or whatever retweeted it. And which is like this Twitter account that tries to find goofy tech. It's like, I get it. You don't understand gambling, but it's like so wrong. One, are you saying the pros were wrong to be on the team that was getting six up by 14 in the fourth? And then we didn't handicap the two INT returns. Cause I can promise you as bad as you might think Tannehill is, that's not expected. Right, or are they saying that I was wrong that the pros were even on them? It's like just so like you would think like I don't talk about brains. No, this isn't brain surgery, but I don't talk about the way to make a putting green have a good roll to the ball. Right, I don't think that's brain surgery either. But could you imagine me looking at a guy who's uh, doing the greens and saying, "Oh, I I don't think he should be raking in that direction." <laughs> It's like if you don't understand the, the beginnings of sports betting, and again, I get it that it's a, it's a uh, you know I hey I love being retweeted by a, any kind of uh, you know well or let's just say well followed account, but it's so many people were like taunting me, which is like absurd. It's one thing if they just got beat by forty, and then you're going to have to explain. Sometimes it happens. But does anyone in their right mind not think the Dolphins were the right side of that game? Clearly the right side. So here's the thing. That increases the opportunity this week. Some people are like, I'm done with the Dolphins, and I'm never betting against Cincy. Well, that's the guys with the duct tape on their shoes at best. Probably the recreational guys. In general, now's a chance because Cincy's even more overvalued. Exactly. and. If we turn it over to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm always a little cautious with Big Ben. I like him better on at Though home. In Ohio. In Ohio. You got the trend in front of you? No. 25-4-1, and one, straight up Big Ben in Ohio. For whatever reason, him being from Ohio, he plays the, the, the fans traveling to Ohio. Now we could say, oh, that reason, Fez, is the Browns have sucked so much, but since he hasn't. No. So, and, and Pittsburgh usually takes over half the stadium. Yep. So to me, this line is saying these are even teams. And if Pittsburgh is motivated, they are not even teams. And you know they're motivated because this is a war. This is the game Shazier got hurt last year. It's going to be a hard-hitting game. I think look to fade Pittsburgh next week. I'm not even sure. Do they have a bye next week or is there one? I, I can't Don't remember. have it in front. Yeah, but... If they don't have a buy, I would I would look to fade them because you know, and again, we'll see what happens based on how the game goes. But I am certain you're going to get a max effort. Yeah, by next week's spot. Yeah. Mm. So so that's even more like they're yeah. going to leave it on the field. So I I I probably would have made the Steelers my best bet. So I like it that much. So best bet and a like from Faz a like from me. Uh, and Fez gets to go first, which again is a little small edge, but boy, five and zero looks good. Let's keep it going. 
Brad, what do you got on this? I got a like on the Steelers, believe mm. it or not. Mm. Mm, that's I'll, interesting. I will add this. Summer line on this one had Pittsburgh minus four. Have these teams really changed six and a half points so far this season? I say no. Here's what I know. Cincinnati, if these games were played a thousand times in a computer simulation from the fourth quarter or whatever, at certain points, since he has a better chance to be one and four than four and one. These not only are three coin flip wins that they had, but additionally, and their one clean win was as a home team on Thursday, right? Which we know is a big advantage, right? And Fez, you gave the stat, home teams are undefeated on Thursdays this year, right? Undefeated 5-0 and straight up, 4-0-1 against the spread. The Vikings the got a push yeah. against the Rams, right? So to me, the Bengals won one game clean, Three, not coin flips, but three less than 50% that all went their way. What would the line be in this game if the Bengals were one and four? At least Pittsburgh minus three. And I think more than that. Yep. All right. So what a quick, what made you like this game, Brad? What made me? Because you're the type that looks at those big line moves. Oh, that that was it. I'm looking at for value. And this was one of the biggest ones for this week. Okay. Okay. Interesting. You know, and I'm from Ohio, yeah. <laughs> and I understand Big Ben's record. And obviously, Pittsburgh's won a the last nine trips here to Cincy. And Fez, you had to give me one more time the uh, Ohio record. Big Ben is twenty five four and one straight up in Ohio. I apologize, I do not have the against the spread record. Cool. All right, my best bet coming up. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I've been fading the Falcons, fading the Falcons, and why defensive injuries. And I, if I, you know, I don't do the guess the lines like kind of Simmons. So Fez, you and the pregame team puts together the the world openers. Really, the first odds that hit of any consequence in the NFL every week are our AP openers. Now they're not bettable, but they're in 750 newspapers. We put those, we submit those to the AP by 2:30 Pacific. I tweet them out typically soon after and the books open a couple hours later and Fez, you are the driver of that. I tweak it here and there, but not much. What did we have the opener on that one? Uh, the Atlanta believe it was five. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause if I would have just done it in my head, I would have said six. Mm. So to me, the fact that the Falcons are three and a half here, you got a theory on it. Fez. Yeah, what's happened is that the bookmakers are tired of getting their teeth kicked in. Think about it. When the Falcons played the Saints, they opened the line three and a half. Nothing but money against the Falcons dropped Atlanta minus one and a half. The bookmakers lose. Then against the Bengals, they open it up at six. All the money on the Bengals against the Falcons again. Closes three and a half one more time. Open it up three against the Steelers. They bet it up to three and a half. Again, the bookmakers lose. Enough of these Falcon losses. The senior vice president probably came down and screamed at his odds makers. I don't want to see another big black number letting people win betting against the Falcons again. And and some of it might be that. Some of it might be, hey, enough already, even you know, from uh, internally within the department. But this feels like an overreaction. This we all know home field in the NFL is worth three. Now the only way this makes sense is if the Falcons have given up on the season. And when I was deciding on this best bet, it was like, I asked Fez, 
do you think the Falcons have given up on the season? And because we do have trademark dream crusher concept, which is the game after a team's season long dream is crushed is a tough game for him. We all know that next day at work after a, this isn't a, Oh, for a week you wanted this uh, project. No, this is a whole year's work. And in the NFL, what's the average career? Three and a half years. So, so like for a lot of people, this is like one third of their career. You don't think they're a little bit crushed, but it seems like the Falcons, uh, though not likely to make the playoffs, still are viable. Absolutely. They're just looking at their schedule. Hosting Tampa Bay, win. Hosting Giants, win. At Washington, winnable game. At Cleveland, winnable game. Dallas, win. And remember, the king of... When you say win, you're saying it's very viable. What they're thinking, yes. And and the king of overcoming dream crushers, I could argue, is the Atlanta Falcons. No one had their dreams crushed more in a Super Bowl. We talk about that Super Bowl hangover. They still came back and had a pretty darn good playoff year the year after the ultimate dream crusher. And I would make the point that when you have cluster injuries, and that's been driving the sharp professional money against the Falcons, when you have cluster injuries, as the weeks go by, the new unit creates a sense of continuity. They get better together. These are professional players thrown to the Lions, and they're getting a little more comfortable. If you tell me I'm going to take four defensive players away, how important is that? the first game and how important is that the fourth game? I think it's much less important. The fourth game. Yeah. I agree strongly. And remember, all we need is a little bit of defensive improvement. Just one stop, RJ. That offense is clicking for Atlanta. The rookie Ridley at wide receiver. They're losing all these games. They're going to overtime 37 all and losing in overtime. They just need one stop typically to win. And I think Winston, now listen, obviously fits. Patrick didn't play great. Obviously, they're off a bye. I'll be honest. I think the bye is turmoil. I think it's all right. We got Winston this last year. Are we going to re-sign him or not? Let's get him in there. Now, you would think Winston would have like a near-death experience thinking, hey, I might be out of the league in a year (laughs) or two. But guys, you know, and I don't know Winston, but in general, if you've been the belle of the ball since you were 12 years old, Oftentimes, those lessons come mighty slow. And if you really, and again, if you really believe Winston woke up when he got bent, you know, when he didn't play that fourth game, but in a weird way, this is like, oh, it was been hard for him to come in and and start without the bye. He probably all along felt like, worst case, I start after the bye. And here we are, starting after the bye. I mean, how much fear was really put into Winston? And if so, if we get the same old Winston, to me, it's a downgrade. Let me ask you, Fez, right now, if they had announced Fitzpatrick, you know, two days after the last game was going to start this next game after the bye versus Winston, what's the upgrade or downgrade? None. So you think it's flat? I think it's flat, but it's possible. There could be an internal issue here. The number two wide receiver for Tampa Bay, Deshaun Watson, um, who... Jackson. Jackson, I'm sorry. Deshaun Jackson, who was having a fine year, actually came out and said, I love having the beard at quarterback over Winston, mm. I don't think that's a good thing, having Winston take over. And if I'm remembering right, on the first coach to get fired, uh, it's Garrett's the favorite, but Cutter's number two, right? Yes. I mean, the idea that they're all coming together here, I think is a questionable assumption. Best bet from RJ, 
on the Falcons. Fez, you like it too. I do. Any other thoughts? You, you, you haven't really given any thoughts. I gave you all my thoughts. Well, you've been responding in the Socratic method. Uh, the look ahead line was Atlanta minus six and a half. Have, has that much so, changed? Tampa's on a bye. Nothing's changed there. Did Atlanta's performance last week, where they played lousy, was that really worthy of a three point downgrade? Nope. Brad, what do you think? Pass. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, you're not, you're, you got your chin tucked so far. No, I'm, I'm fine. All right. Next. I like that chin tucked. <laughs> next game. Now we're going to go in rotation order, except for the last two, it's going to be Brad's best bet and Fez's derivative best bet. And Matty Holt is going to make his decisions on Friday. And we'll uh, probably do something on Twitter to let you know. Vikings favored by 10 hosting the Cardinals. Yeah, I lean to the Vikings. Arizona, tw- nice win, 28-18 to 18 against San Francisco last week. A phony win, plus five in turnovers. Got outgained by 250 yards. So I think that they're a little fat and happy. Road win, now on the road as well. Obviously, a concern is when a team's laying 10 and a half, normally we're like, oh, they probably going to look past this game. But the fact that the Vikings lost as a 16 and a half point favorite against the Bills in their last home game, I think they actually circle this game. It's time to not let up under hold, Zimmer. Hold, hold on. Circle is different. It's, hey, it's almost like if, if you didn't tie your high tops for practice, basketball practice, and you sprain your ankle really badly – the next time you're on the court, you're probably tying your high tops. I don't think they're circling the game. Yeah, that's poor usage of uh, of the word. They're going to be buttoned up for this game. I, I agree with that. And, and it's interesting to compare the line. How much better are the Cardinals than that Bills team was perceived to be a few weeks ago? And the lines moved, what, seven points? Yeah, and I have the Cardinals right now as five and a half points worse than an average team. And at the time, I had the Bills nine points worse. So... Th- in the same neighborhood, three and a half points difference, but the spread is six and a half points difference. Or even seven, 17 versus 10, right? Yes. So how much did you upgrade Minnesota off the Philly win? Actually, I gave them no upgrade. Really? So you go into the Super Bowl champions, win on the road, and you say, yep, no upgrade. For a team that has underperformed, Like, what, what, what was it about that game that... that because obviously winning there, they were three and a half point or three point, you know, underdogs, three or whatever yeah. underdogs. The under the underlying stats, their defense still concerns me greatly, and they got. I believe but, they but got. But they concern you before, concern you after. But they played well enough to win. Yeah, they played well enough to win. But a lot of that was more about what Philly did to lose. I felt like when I watched the game. And how much did you downgrade Philly? Second, I, I docked Philly a full point. All right, so just to be clear, then, Fez, lean only Minnesota. Yeah, I lean on Minnesota, but I disagree with Fez. I would have upgraded at least Minnesota half point. To me, there has to be a sense of, hey, we saved our season because it was on the brink. They can't go 1-3-1. and To get that win, I got to think that locker room's a little bit better. You know something? We've been doing, what, hundreds of hours of podcasts. That's actually a fresh concept. Let's think about this. It's the absence of a negative. If they would have lost that game, it would have been a massive negative. Mm. Just the absence. Now, the question is, is the absence of a negative just not giving them the negative? Whereas, hey, they avoided a big demerit? Or should you actually upgrade them off that? But that's it. Do you agree if they had lost that? Let's say there was a late field goal that somehow instead of winning by two, they lost by one. Now, in theory, 
they would have played about they wouldn't have played any better or any worse. You're, you're nodding. Agreed. Agreed. Would you have downgraded Minnesota at that point? I'd have to get into their head in terms of if they felt that the season could still be a success or not. And we're getting to that point where we're heading towards, woe is me. We won 13 games. So it's almost like avoiding a, a, a semi dream crusher. Now, do you get points for avoiding, avoiding it or is the, is your reward not getting the points deducted? Which I kind of think that's the answer, but it's a great concept. Um, okay. So you lean many and okay. That's interesting. So why not like it? It's just you won't lay doubles, Fez? You know, it's just a neighborhood that I don't like to drive through. And I and even worse, I'm <laughs> like not that. parking my car and getting out and playing in it. You know what's funny? I haven't told this story yet. So Steve Cofield, he's done a lot with us. He was the straight out of Vegas weekend guy. And uh, he has just so many responsibilities here in Vegas on ESPN during the uh, week. He wasn't able to join us on straight out of Vegas for the hour a day now during the week, six o'clock Eastern on 200 plus Fox stations nationwide. iHeartRadio, FoxSportsRadio.com. We were having a celebratory dinner about the new show at Benny Hahn. As I actually did a tweet of a bunch of lobsters sizzling and, uh, it was a Fez. Went, let's give him credit where credit's due. Fez went into his pocket. Mackie, uh, Sleepy Jay. I mean, everyone's just eating hand over fist. Cofield starts telling me a story. He says, yeah, I went into 7-Eleven, and this guy says, <laughs> oh, you know Steve Fezzik, don't you? And he goes, geez, I'm Steve Cofield. Why are you talking about Steve Fezzik? But yeah, I do. And he just, the, you know, the guy behind the counter saying, Fezzik this, Fezzik that. Oh, my gosh, is he sharp and two super contests. And I start hearing the story, and I'm like, Man, we are blowing up. I mean, I know we're moving towards 200,000 <laughs> listeners on the Dream Preview, but if you just walk in a 7-Eleven and they're talking about Fezzik, and then I'm like, well, what station does he listen on? And Cofield goes, oh, no, no, no. Fezzik goes there for his big gulps, <laughs> and apparently Fezzik will like, have 20-minute like stories about what to bet, why to bet it, some <laughs> in-game bet he made. I mean, Fez, how long do you think you've talked to this guy? Just be honest. In the aggregate? Yes. Probably three hours, ah! 20 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And he gets your big goal. I once showed up late to a show, and I got locked out by Polly because I was talking to this guy. I, I mean, if someone will listen to you, you just talk. I mean, were you, you weren't a lonely, where were you in the, the, with the siblings in age? Middle child. Oh, doesn't, I didn't even know that. Mm. Boy, I should have explained some things. I should, <laughs> I should have known that. I should have known that. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. You know, I don't like doubles, so it's dog or pass. I actually have some optimism for Rosen, but they're off that win. You just got to wonder, is there going to be a hangover? Because, I mean, do the Cardinals think they're making the playoffs? No. They got the, the zero wins off from around their neck. And the Cardinals 0-9 against the spread last nine times. They played at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Ooh, that's pretty good. So 0-9 ATS the last nine times? Yep. They played at 10 a.m. Hmm. Oh, okay. Now, were most of those home or away? 
Oh, they do. I'll be away. <laughs> I'll be away. That's the nomination for the worst oh, question of the week. No, no, I thought you said Minnesota. No, you're because they're Midwest. Yeah, you're, Arizona. You're, Did oh, I say Minnesota? No, I'm sorry. I don't know what yeah. you said. I heard in my mind. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Arizona. Okay. But, but see, that's so interesting because everyone knows the 10 a.m. starts are a challenge, but it's built into the number. If you actually look at the data, if you just play all 10 a.m. starts on Pacific teams, it's not a winner, but maybe this Cardinals team is a little more susceptible. You know, I think there's a little subtlety here because we talked, remember we talked about Denver traveling east and how badly they do. But when we think of Arizona and Denver, we don't think of West Coast teams. We only think about it with true teams on the coast. Well, but Denver's a mountain team. Yeah, but there's still two yeah, hours. But they're still, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But since you incorrectly gave me the worst question. I thought I'd maybe, you know, Ooh. we need some competition here. <laughs> the let's think about this. If a Midwest team, so what percentage of the Viking games do you think start at one Eastern versus cause it's noon, right? It's noon. Cause I'm just trying to wonder, is there anything I've never really thought about like the way the Midwest deals with one o'clock starts, but is there anything, Fez, you know on that that's that it's, that's interesting? I always treat the Midwest teams the same as the East teams. It's, you know, their routine is to play at the same time. Yeah. So, but it, Mountain's only one more hour, but that's a big deal. Well, the, because it's really three hours because the Mountain teams are used to starting at one o'clock Pacific. Okay, that's interesting. Because like Denver, for example, especially, and we talked about this last week, because when they had Elway, they never played at one because right? they weren't so many night games when they would travel. Um, so you're saying it's not just the hours, it's just how, but again, with West coast, they're all going to do it about the same amount, but you're saying otherwise it's how usual is the early start is a big part of it. Yeah. You go through a time portal when you drive through council bluffs, not council bluffs. What's Lincoln, Nebraska. Who, what NFL team is driving? <laughs> Jeez. I'm just going to kill him the rest yeah, of the show. Yeah, I know. Show. You shouldn't have made that comment. He was like, I'm doing a little dance. Yeah. I got him. I got him. Browns, a one-point underdog hosting the Chargers. Brad, we're going to let you start here because you have strong feelings, uh, anti-Charger feelings. Oh, no, not at all. Strong feelings for the Chargers after that performance last <laughs> week. No doubt about it. I was wrong about the Chargers. Passing for that this That was your best bet, the Raiders. Against the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers, my goodness. Oh, what a horrible handicap. I but Fez joined with me, so at least I had misery loves company. That allowed me a nice $700 victory. Yeah, my goodness. So, <laughs> so you pass Fez, lean or like? I pass. I do. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I lean to Cleveland. I was thinking about liking Cleveland here, RJ, with that early start time. And frankly, I'm not high on the Chargers. I'm lower on them than most. But here's my concern the energy of these two teams. We've got a Charger team. They played the two best teams, two of the best teams in the NFL, and they got blown out. They lost to the Rams. In Kansas City. In Kansas City. They played three of the worst. Remember, Kansas City, you can excuse to some degree, they were three and a half point favorites. Kansas City was one of our best bets, but Andy Reid is notorious for being, uh, notorious might not be the right word, he is famous for great schemes early in years. They had never seen Mahomes, really. I mean, the ability to stop Mahomes today seems to be a lot greater than in week one. So not saying 
that they don't didn't lose the game, but maybe it's a little mitigating. I agree. And if you look at their wins, easy wins against Buffalo, easy win against Oakland, comfortable win against San Francisco without Jimmy G. Very little energy, very few moments in the fourth quarter that the game's on the line. Contrast that with Cleveland, five gut-wrenching games, three overtimes, every game decided in the final minute. How much energy is left in these Browns for this game? Yeah, I agree. Young team, young team. If anything, you might make the case they're energized because they're winning. You know, to some degree, it might be energized because they're winning. Because uh, let's be honest, they've been drained from losing for quite a while. Brad, you might want to throw some of that money this way. Oh, yeah, I am. I got to get out. He's the collecting walk. from I got to get the left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'm just collecting. Let's see. Can you guys recognize this sound? That came in good. <laughs> All right. Oh, I love it. What do you think, Mac? You learn anything? You know, Mac, Mac, he's got his own mic. We don't always have it turned on. We'll turn it on. What's your take so far of all the betting? Because you would think that RJ, because it's like, wait a minute, RJ's not a professional better. True. It's true. I have other sources of income. And it's like he's going against the pros at their own game. Brad's college, it's all he does. When RJ's in business meetings, he's watching in May streams of Alabama's practices. How could he beat Brad? And Fezzik, I don't know if you heard, he won the Super Contest twice. Why would RJ butt heads with him? Now, I've I've heard that. What was your take? If the listeners are really listening, they would have learned by this point that betting against you is not a good idea. <laughs> shh, shh. Now, but here's the beauty. These two are stubborn. That's the only way you can be a wise guy because you're going to lose a lot of tough games, right, coming up. Fez, you know, we've never talked about it. Give me the 30-second version. Once we're out of football, we'll do like a whole half hour in this. What was your thought process from you graduated from Northwestern, top, what, 20 school in the country, right? An a, a actuary degree, right? So like deciding when people die and such. Exactly. So heavy math, not quite a mathematics degree, but heavy math. And you were in corporate America for how long? 10 plus years, right? Yeah, from 1982 until 2001. Wow. I'm sorry, 86. 86. Oh, okay. Sorry. So 15 years. Yes. And you were rising up through the race. It wasn't like you were a failure. Like when you quit, what were you? Vice president. Of what? Major insurance company in Los Angeles. So what was the 30 seconds, and then we'll tease ahead to like February. What was the 30 second, like what was the thought process of quitting that job? In the mid-1990s, I discovered betting football in Las Vegas. I would fly to Vegas from so L.A. when you say discover, uh, you were such a nerd that like in college you didn't bet sports? I bet it, but it was recreational. Yeah. and But I really found the huge edges in the middle 90s, and literally I was making more betting per hour, betting sports on the weekends in Las Vegas than I was my day job as a vice president in Los Angeles. So on a scale of one to a hundred, how much did you like, because some people are willing to say, hey, and I, I'm not saying exact numbers because I don't know, but hey, I'll quit this $110,000 job and make 70, but at least I'm going to enjoy my life. Did you hate your job? No, I liked my job with an insurance company. I disliked my job as a, with a consulting firm that it had previously. Okay, but so you quit a job you liked. So it really yeah. was, hey, you were single at the time. 
didn't have a family to worry about. Hey, I'm going to take a shot. Yes. And I loved the whole aspect of gambling for a living. I loved the old Stardust line. It was like the first time I flew into Vegas, I just saw all those casinos and I saw the opportunities and I just said, this is my new hometown the first time. That's good. That, ten- yeah. that tenor in his voice, it was like, I liked it, Fez. That was pretty good. We're going to have to do a show on this, the making of a Fez or something. Mm, that might like be it. close. But here's the thing. <laughs> close to the making of a murderer. <laughs> Famous. Show. Well, he is yeah. the dirtiest player in the <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> now, he told a story on Straight Out of Vegas like at 1130 one weekend when we were doing the weekend shift about him sleeping in stairways. We'll, we'll have that in the, the making of a fest. Too. <laughs> but the funny thing is, and, and this was you were talking about uh, in, the, in yesterday's college pod, which I thought was one of our best. Yep. If you're thinking of sampling a pod. On the college side, our pod, do it this week. A ton of fun betting, huge disagreements. There were screaming. Ken's arms were rippling with the with the no sleeves. I mean, Brad was across the table, but there was a little bit of fear in his eye. Let's just say that. Got to be afraid of those 24-inch pythons. <laughs> Everything I read says that much muscular development is adverse to shooting well from three-point land. Over. Yeah, well, we know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that soon That's enough. That's sharp. That's another February. So <laughs> February thing. So, guys, check it out. And by the way, even if you're not going to, we have pods that aren't scheduled, right? Every Wednesday, college football. Every Thursday, NFL. But if you subscribe on your pod player and it's free, you get them immediately. I get people on Twitter all the time. RJ, where's the pod? RJ... Subscribe. You don't have to ask me. I don't always tweet it out the minute, especially on the East Coast. I'm not even up yet, right? It's like, I'm driving to work. I don't have the putt. Well, subscribe. All right. There you go. But <laughs> one of the things that you were talking about a story about a writer named Nolan Dalla. Yes. And he wrote the book for uh, One of a Kind about Stu Unger, a great book. Um, I actually consider it one of the great gambling books because it got into the mentality of a gambler and what he explained. And I've said this a few times, so I'll say it succinctly. Very few guys, and maybe there's a couple, a decade get up to the highest stakes of poker and they win and they just keep winning where there's no setbacks. Even a guy like uh Negreanu, he said, I think he said he, he went broke five or six times. Literally imagine first time you go up, you're playing at the highest level. You get beat. Takes you a month to get your bankroll back. You go up, you get beat. Third time, you get beat. Fourth time, you get beat. Like, what kind of sicko is going back the fifth time? In a weird way, and this sounds so paradoxical, but it's true. You almost got to be a degenerate to be the best at poker because only a degenerate would go back that fifth or sixth time. But the very act of being a degenerate is what allows you to excel at one thing, poker in this case, but it's a leak in everything else. Mm-hmm. And there's and Fez, you are more on the ground here in Vegas than I am. Um, you know, I'm pretty on the ground, but you're really on the ground because you're making bets, you know, multiple times a week. You know a lot of guys in town. I mean, wouldn't you say like you you know some of the best blackjack players in the world? Wouldn't you say that oftentimes, not always, the guys that can beat one game often are losing, and poker players are famous at sports betting for that. They're losing somewhere else. 
Yeah, I would say the poker players are the worst because, in my opinion, poker is the easiest of all of the different games to be able to win at. I don't think today that's the case. Oh, I still think if you just read Ed Miller and you were disciplined how to win a low stake, low stakes. So if you want to make 40K a year. Yeah, low stakes. You know, that's a whole interesting debate. I think you're right at 40K. If you have great game selection, meaning you're going to make 40K, you could be a teacher or play cards. I think you're right. But if you had to make 120, I think sports batting's easier. Meaning it's harder to win, but if you win, you can win more. Because yes. you can make 120 just, you know, if you're like, you, that's an interesting question. We were thinking of doing this. We were calling it the Fez, the FezDAC, like the, the NASDAQ is where only thing we put up is your tickets on on rogue numbers, rogue bets. It's like an over under that's in one place, Jerry's nugget, he's playing it for a thousand, you know, a dime. And to show how if, if Fez only played that, it that winning would be up, 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 up. But there's a limit to how much you can win. But boy, it seems like you could make probably sixty just playing that. If yeah. you like, if if I just said you are just playing that, no widely availables, how much can you make in a year? Because you're limited by the limits. Yeah, I think sixty k is a good number. Look at Khabib against McGregor. If you drove to Mesquite, he was minus one twenty eight on on the M- screen. McGregor was no Khabib was. Oh, but he was like one seventy over when he was minus one. 80 in the offshore world and minus 165, minus 170 in Vegas. Now, how much would they have taken? Probably only 500, maybe 1,000. Who knows? And you drive up with a partner. They make a bet, too. Yeah, there's some other stuff to do up there. Maybe there's a progressive video poker jackpot going on. Yes. So, so to me, I think with every beatable betting, uh, what would we call it? Game? I mean, I guess poker is a game. Yeah, let's call it a game. Every bettable market we'll call it that you can beat they each have this natural friction point of winning more than this is difficult like blackjack if you bet green chips you can get away with it you start betting black chips yeah your your advantage your your expectation so much higher but you're going to get asked not to play all over town so that's an interesting question you're quite good as a counter if you only counted if you weren't known for anything else and you were had camouflage and all the things to, to minimize the chance of being uh, exposed or, or, or identified, what could you make in a year? Like, meaning, how much can you bet, still stay in the game? What would you make betting that amount? I think only 25000 because I'd have to take so many hours off. I'd have to say, oh, I got heat at this place, and this is a great game, but I can't play it for another now, month. In theory, you could drive to California. You could have a little circuit, right, which a lot of the Advantage casino guys do. Yes. But, boy, that sounds like a horrible way oh. to avoid. Now i got to pay for the hotel room <laughs> or find a stairwell to sleep <laughs> under. Fez is on it today, yeah, baby. Fez. <laughs> Listen, he, I mean, Brad, I think he felt you kind of on his heels a little bit. And I like it. I like the competition between you guys. No, I'll be I... the man. You got to beat the man. <laughs> Fez, we're going to have to do a whole part on this stuff because we really never have touched on some of this. It's fascinating. But to wrap the point up, I think each of these beatable markets have a friction point. And to me, that friction point is probably lowest with poker, but it's probably easiest to win at one, two, if you have good game selection. Yeah. And I actually qualified for the WSOP 
and I earned my entry into the tournament to qualify by playing 15 sessions. I needed 60 hours, RJ. I played four hours at Caesars at 1-3. I went 15-0 and 0 in those sessions back in 2006. It was easier, but I was just grinded. I was just playing super tight. Well, I tell you this. I mean, even up to 2012, and I don't know the exact plays, I would go down for March Madness playing 5-10. I mean, I was probably making 10K you know, throughout the March Madness playing like three or four nights. I mean, on average, it's year after year because you get the guys that own the 7-Elevens in Jersey. They come to Vegas, 5-10. You look at those pots, there's some $3,000 pots, but you can buy them for 1500 So it's not crazy. And I mean, again, I was probably always at best the fifth best guy at the table, but the guys better than me were a smidge better for them. And there'd be one or two that was a lot better because they're playing lower than they should. But the guys that were bad were just le- – I mean, it wasn't a leak. It was a, a big uh, a big gusher coming out of the gas tank. <laughs> Dunk off 120 big blinds with the Kings. When the flop comes, three five eight. You got the pair of threes, and they, they're willing to put it all in. Yeah, so – and, boy, that's, it's not like that anymore. I mean, the 2-5 today is probably tougher than the 5-10 was in 2012. Agreed. Hey, now that was a nice little interlude. Let's get back to the games. We've got a Dave Esler insight to wrap up the Browns and Chargers. This week's not factored in. I want to look at the Chargers and the Browns game. There's several things I don't think are factored in. First one is the Chargers are playing at Eastern Standard Time. Not a big deal like it used to be, but it's still a deal. Not factored in familiarity, and this surprised me. These teams have played three straight years. Chargers haven't changed much. The Browns have, and I think that'll make it much easier for the Browns to prepare. Not factored in yet, the weather. Supposed to be low 50s, rain showers with a decent breeze. That should clearly favor Cleveland. Not factored in, opponents. Browns have faced Breeze, Roethlisberger, and Flacco. Combined, only allowed them 51 points. Chargers, three wins. Buffalo, Oakland, San Francisco. Those teams have combined to allow... 125 more points than they've scored. So when you factor back in the time change, the weather, the familiarity, and the opponents, this is probably Cleveland's game to lose. Pretty good stuff there. Absolutely. Uh, uh, The three straight years and not changing schemes and stuff, I find that interesting with the Chargers being at disadvantage there. I think the 10 a.m.'s built in for the most part. Weather, too. Boy, Fez, that was pretty good. It, it was my weather guy. Just let me know it's the weather's not going to be as bad as we were hoping for. We're taping your weather guy. <laughs> we're taping on Wednesday night. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, we got the Dolphins. The Bears on the road. Minus three, moving towards three and a half. Super Contest, though, is at three. And Brad... Look, you and Fez have a double like on this. We'll let Brad start. Yeah, I like the Dolphins in this one. You want to talk about a look ahead? That, or just last week, the Dolphins were a one-point favorite in this game. 
I think we can all agree that the Dolphins were probably the right side against the Bengals at worst, even though they failed to cover. And what in the heck were the Bears doing to warrant a four-point move of the line here? They're sitting at home eating cheeseburgers during a bye. I think a clear overreaction to Miami's last two games. And let's talk about it. Just two weeks ago, New England was a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Miami. Flip home away. What's New England laying in Miami? What, one, one-and-a-half? Fez, and you're telling me the Chicago Bears are laying three in Miami? I'll take the value. Give me the Dolphins. Fez. Excellent. I, too, like the Dolphins, the ridiculous, phony loss. And if you think about the Bears getting into this whole bye week, the last thing you want to do is to annihilate a team like the Bears did against Tampa Bay. You can just see the coach giving out the game balls. Hey, guys, great job, everyone. Take the next week off. Eat as many brats as you can here, and we'll see you one week from Tuesday. I've reversed course. Oh, my goodness. But before the show, you're, yeah, I lean the Dolphins. I do. But what struck me is it's that same generic handicap, this idea that it's the line move. And I agree, this is a value play. But when Fez said that about the Bears, Mm. I think the Bears are going to have more enthusiasm for this game than any game we've seen because they're finally winning. They've been way, they've got a young team, a new coach. They just had one of their best games. Now, if it was the very next week, maybe they're a little flat. They had the chance to have their celebration. And then on top of that, now they're ready to go. And plus, I'm laying three plus 100. And right now, I'd have to lay 125 in the market. Mm. Uh RJ smells a scalp. (laughs) That's what's going on here. I'm not going to do that for 400 bucks. But it's not worth the money. But... I It just feels too odd. And remember, what is the Dolphins' mindset right now? It's one thing to get crushed by the Patriots. And I felt like, you know something? They're going to bounce back because the Pats are the Pats. They're still 3-1. But to be up 17-3 and lose that game? Are they really excited at this point? Mm. And what's the weather? I know that my, you know, I don't really know exactly where this hurricane's coming. What's the weather on this game? I think the weather's okay in this one. I didn't see. So it's any like update. a, it's like a, a level four hurricane in part of the state, but the like some some uh, Florida's a big part, state, partly cloudy. I think I think <laughs> it's it's skirting to the west of Miami, and then it's going inland, and then turning right, and it's going to miss Miami. Mackie, when you've got the weather, uh, the actual report. Just give me a wave. I do have a cluster injury report on Miami's O-line. They're down two linemen, including their center. Oh. And against Khalil Mack. And, 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 Leo, and Tunsil might be out as well. That is a major. I think is out. That's a major concern if we're down three linemen and that Bears defense. <laughs> Picking off the weak elk. Uh. <laughs> Brad, you want to buy out? No. You don't like this. If if I said I'll, I'll remove the bat, I'm not saying it. But if I said I'll take away the bat, would you want me to? No, I'm okay. So you, so you want to go another? You want to go five on this no. one? Well, you said you're okay. You think I'm you'd just okay? Yeah, two hundred's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Mac, you want to give Mackie a piece no. for a hundred? No, he, he's an apprentice. He's hardworking. Give me the weather. Fast, you want to give, give me him? the weather? No, he's, he's got to look up the weather. <laughs> All right, hold on. We're turning on Mackie's mic. Weather not too bad. Eighty-eight, sunny. Oh wait, I turned off his mic. Eighty-eight. I didn't manage Miami. I, I didn't even hear what he said. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, all that said, first bets down, even money. Bears laying the three. 
Fez, if I would let you take it away, would you take it away? No. Oh, you guys. You want to up it? No, I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem too comfortable to me. Panthers, Redskins, Redskins lane one. Oh, look, Brad passed. And you got any info on this game? No. Where's I, Matt, I mean, I where's Maddie Holt? <laughs> Fez. <laughs> I lean to Washington. I'm supposed to be on Washington here, right, RJ? That they just had a complete no-show on national TV. Yeah, but see, I think it's an all-in game. That was, hey, we had Washington. The fact they laid an egg there tells me more about the team than it does their response to it. So I see why you're apprehensive. Yes, and also Carolina's getting a little bit healthier. Remember, we talked about these suspensions, and most of the suspension guys came back last week, but Carolina off a bye. So they get linebacker Thomas Smith. He's a really good player. Back from his suspension, their tight end Olsen may return. Probably not, but it's possible. So Carolina getting a little healthier as well. What do we think? What do we know about the Panthers? Because, I mean... In a league where many of these good teams seem to be underperforming, how much have you upgraded them from the start of the year, the Panthers? You know, I got them right where I had them to start the year, just a half point better than an average What's team. What's the record? Panthers are 3-1, and one, right? So they're 3-1, and, and, and they don't get any upgrade. They're statistically they're poor. They're getting they're averaging five point six yards I per mean, play. Are you really looking at four games? Of yards per play with no adjustment for strength of schedule. Well, I look at everything. All right, so I mean, run down the run down the Panthers games. All right, uh, Panthers beat the Cowboys at home, lost to the Falcons beat- before all the injuries. Yeah, what was the score of the Falcons game? Falcons game was thirty-one uh, twenty-four. Falcons. Okay. Uh, Bengals beat the Bengals uh, by ten. Thirty-one twenty-one. And uh, plus four in turnovers. All right, okay. and then obviously beat the Giants, sixty-three yard field goal, final play. So sixty yard, sixty-three yard field goal and a plus four turnover. All I basically right, have all right, them. All right, we're gonna give it to you. We're right. gonna give it to you. Good point. No upgrade there. Fez is Fez. All right, Avon's Avon. Always, Mackie. If you if you had a chance to have a piece of my bet, would you want? Uh, would you want it? The the Bears. You know, this is the one where I wouldn't want it. You want to bet me? I'll bet you. A hundred? Yeah, I'll bet you a hundred. Wow. <laughs> now listen, the man, when they get in front of the mic, they get nervous because this is the man that says, don't bet against RJ. First time I ever asked him to bet, and he says yes. It's true. This is a different <laughs> feeling. <than being laughs> You're going to have trouble sleeping tonight. Yeah. I'm going to have a hard, tro- hard time at this mic if this is how it goes. <laughs> it's expensive sitting out here. Yeah, I mean, even is. though he's got a little table, like a little elementary table. <laughs> School table, but still, that's not cheap either. (laughs) Up next in London, Raiders, Seahawks. Seahawks favored by three. Fez, you like the total in this game. Yeah, I'm on over 48. Oakland's offense, yeah, it's disappointed in the fourth quarter, but overall, it's been pretty good. That defense has been horrendous, though. But the real reason I like the over, if you look at Seattle, Seattle is perceived to be a lower score scoring team that's involved in lower scoring games but what's happened is that they still have a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson and that defense which has always been above average is now below average with the Earl Thomas injury so basically the offenses on both squads have the advantage over the defenses 48 looks like a high total not in the 2018 NFL 
48 has been the average number of points scored this year. West Coast teams in London, three extra hours earlier. So now I know this game starts a little later, right? It's not the 8 a.m. It's the 10 a.m. Pacific. Yes. But what's the factor there? Does that is that a consideration? You know, I don't really think it matters whether you fly. Well, of course it matters something, but if three more hours, but it's also three hours earlier. Boy, if this were the normal early, I think it sounds like it's a concession to the point that they're starting this game later than they usually do to the West Coast teams having like a game Mm, that started that early with their body clock would have been a problem. That's a great point that basically it's, it's comparable to the East Coast teams having to play at 630 in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Boy, I, I think Seattle potentially is a give-up game here. Like, this would be a game I would love to get the Raiders, let's say, laying 13 and a half, you know, with plus, I don't know. I don't know how to do these too well, you know, seven to one. What would you give me if I wanted, if I were willing to lay 13 and a half on the Raiders? We'll let Brad do his handicap and you, and you can give us that number. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Raiders, obviously, after last week, RJ. I wouldn't say swindled me. He really took advantage of a weak handicap in that Raiders Chargers. Well, Fez, you and Fez were on the same yeah, game, no, so it could have been that ugh, week. Misery loves company. <laughs> ugh, that sucked. Uh, but as far as this game, you know, maybe a little bit of inside advantage for Seattle. Their new defense coordinator, Ken Norton, was a defense coordinator for Oakland each of the last three years. So he's going to have a little bit of insight to the Raiders personnel. So fast, try to give me something I won't. I'll bet. I'll give you 14 to 1. 14 to 1. I'll take it. 100. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. You're, that's laying, you're laying three and a half with Oakland, right? No, no, I'm laying 13 and a half. Three and a half. Whoa. Sorry. I was going to say, give me a piece that's, of that. That's a 16 point super pleaser that I'm betting there. 14 to you're, 1. You're betting super pleaser. I'm betting the super teaser. 100 wins me 1,400. Wow. Hold on a second. I'm going to, you know, you guys talk about something. No, we'll go to the next game. I'm going to look up in the database how often a team, which is a three-point dog, wins by more than 14 or more. Because I got to think it's all 14 to one. Boy, he might have said, but if Fez is giving it to me, I'm not getting the best of it. But, boy, it seems like the best of it. I think you're, it getting, I think you're getting the best of it. We'll have Ooh. to check. All right, so next game, and I'm going to look it up as these guys are – uh, oh wait, they both passed, but still they got some. The Bills, Texans, uh, nine and a half Texans. Brad, why don't you start? Well, I've, oh, you know this is perfect. We actually have Essler sound on this. There we go. So let's let Dave talk, and I'll be. Oh, this is great. You guys can listen to Dave's wisdom, and I'm going to be in the corner calculating something here. Here we are, Dave Essler. I have another not factored in, and for the second time this year, it's the Houston. Texans coaching. Game one, O'Brien admits he should have reviewed Gronk's catch. We've already been down that road. Game two, O'Brien. Tennessee gets a fake punt for a touchdown. Quote, unquote, it was a mistake on my part. Well, Bill O'Brien's mistakes almost cost the Texans a win against the Colts. Frank Reich let him off the hook. They beat Dallas in spite of themselves. Jason Garrett let him off the hook. The Bills have faced Mariota, Cousins, Rodgers, Rivers, and Flacco. So in this game, I don't care who plays quarterback, although it looks like it's going to be Watson. 10 might be too many points in a game with a total of only 41, and I think Bill O'Brien's coaching may keep Houston from covering that. Good stuff from Dave. By the way, good news for RJ fans. Team RJ, 
we did the math. There's been 1,099 teams that were exactly three-point underdogs. They won by 14 or more points 109 times. So almost exactly 10%. And Fez has given me 14 to 1. Now, now, think about the variance. How there's so many blowouts in these mm. London games. I gotta be honest, I might borderline bet this at eight to one. Like I would borderline bet this at eight. I at ten to one I'd bet I'd Fez. Now let's give Fez credit. As he thought about and I was doing the calculations, he started getting he was like, Oh oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wrong. Then he said, I think it's exactly ten for or he goes, I think it's about ten. Fez? I, I tell you, it's not often you get took on these. Yeah, but you know, I got took on a couple Tiger Woods bets for the majors, and I managed to cash despite giving way too generous an odds. You still, you still got to get it done. So fast, listen, add it up now. Again, if you if you admit you got took nicely, I might let you out of the bet. I got took, but I don't want out of my bet. Well, I wasn't going to let you out. So, <laughs> but at least you're honest. I I actually appreciate that. Next game, Brad. You're you're bringing, you know, Maddie. Listen, you got to be Maddie's like a viper. I mean, he's sitting back waiting to strike. He's so used to having the vig. You relax the whole thing a little bit. It's helping me win money. I like it. Even got <laughs> Mackie so relaxed. He bet against me. Got to love it. Texans, Bills. We just heard from Esler. Yeah, it's a pass for me. It's tough trusting Houston in this big of a favorite role. Nothing that I've seen from Houston. Even the fact that they outgained Dallas last week by 200 plus yards shouldn't have been the close game that went to overtime. I guess the Bills are feeling good about themselves, you know, patting themselves off the back after an outright upset win. Keep in mind, after Minnesota, the Bills went on the road and lost by 22 to nothing against Green Bay. Just total pass for me. Don't like either team. Fast. Yeah, I'm going to pass. I still actually am higher on Houston than most. I feel that they're 31st out of 32 NFL teams ranking in the red zone where they only score touchdowns a little more than one-third of a time. Cannot continue to be that bad. Buffalo actually could be that bad because they gained 3.6 yards per play. That is historically bad. Watson, however, chest injury. Probably is going to play, but without a healthy Watson, no way am I laying nine in this game. Now, how much do we give credit to the Bills for playing? So, I mean, they've won two out of three games. We could talk about that. But also, they're playing hard, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Certainly, the team chemistry looks good. We'll have to evaluate how that goes down the road after they start losing games by double digits, which I do think is going to start happening. The funniest, you know, the funniest story, and I don't often use this music for me, but I'll be included here. Like after the second week, everyone thought the Bills were the worst team ever and and Arizona was like so bad. And me and Fez and Holt are texting saying, because the William, William Hill put up a number, total wins for the Bills... And combined with the Cardinals, and it was what four and a half? It was five and a half. But if you bet the over, it was, it was like, plus a dollar twenty. And we're going around saying, "Hey, don't bet it because you'll move the number." Let's all bet it at the same time, and it's all like to you know try to grab the biggest chunk we can. And the next morning, everyone forgets, <laughs> uh, you know. And then I'm texting everyone, "Do you bet it? No. Do you bet it? No." <laughs> so. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, listen. I mean, we had the race silently. <laughs> I even had my baseball cap and my sunglasses laid out so that I could go on down to William Hill and make that wager. Because with most apps, their, your ability to na- make a big bat is limited, right, Fez? But uh, at the place, sometimes you can get by with it. Sometimes, and at William Hill, my app limit is zero because I'm not allowed to wager against William Hill. Well, that's a good sign. It's a sign of respect. I mean, boy, I mean, that one was just such a bad number. When you think about it, before the season started, yeah, that's both what, these that's teams were five and a half. And that's exactly what we said to each other. And we, we're making zero dollars from it, by the way. Next game. Broncos, Rams, Rams on the road, favored by seven. Fez has a like. Yeah, you know, I don't like the Denver Broncos, but I do like them in this game. I think my number one handicap, I'm going to talk about the weather. It's possibly going to snow in Denver. I'm playing a team in Los Angeles with their top two wide receivers getting concussed and they're questionable. I got to ask you, if you're a Rams team that's undefeated, are you really going to put those guys out there in the snow? Lean Den. I'm sorry, like Denver. Yeah, I don't like the team either, but they're home. And I do think the Rams love. We were talking about this on Straight Out of Vegas. If you want to bet the Rams to win the Super Bowl, Fez, and let's say you shop at three places, where are you going to get? Yeah, you know, there is a plus 280 I saw out there on the Rams. But that's if you go everywhere. But I'm, I'm sorry, saying, if plus, you, let's just say you randomly went to three places. Two to one. I mean, that's as, as, as big of a favorite as we've seen this time of year. In a decade. I mean, since the Patriots were undefeated, right? You know, I th- yeah, I think that it... It's right in that range. It's right in that range. There might have been a couple teams that were comparable, but not, but certainly not lower. And you think, what was the big pitch about this Rams? Hey, listen, let's give Goff some credit. He has stepped up another level. You know, whatever's going on there, kudos. But the defense was all about, oh, they got Peters, they got Tlaib. Well, as you said, Tlaib out, Peters less than 100%. And then you got cluster injuries at receiver. I mean, this Rams team, like if you if you balance, okay, how much do we upgrade them for how well their record and how well they played? How much do you downgrade them right now for the re, their injury reality? I mean, how much better is this version of the Rams team than what you thought the Rams were to start the season? One and a half points better. That's it. All right, now that's interesting because that's the way you do your power ratings is you're taking into account today's reality. So I wonder, does they, what was the look ahead in this? Or what was the preseason in this game? Mackie, you should have that. We'll turn your mic on. Rams by three. Ooh, Fez, doesn't that tell us? Mm. And so what's Denver been downgraded though? I will pull up Denver here. So Rams were three. And now we're saying they're one and a half points better. So go to four and a half, understanding key numbers and all that. But we're just Denver n- only a one point downgrade. So five and a half. Boy, and you like them. I mean, that that shows you the logic. That was a good reverse engineering of it there. Good stuff, guys. Oh, Brad passed. Any other thoughts? No, the weather forecast being a big one. It's tough for me to trust Denver two covers in their last 16 games. And you also last look, 17 games. Last 17 games. Thank you. And I'm also, just reading your notes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one push. 
Uh, exactly. Obviously, that counts. <laughs> Worries for me is this Denver defense. I mean, one week they're giving up 300-plus passing yards for the first time in 38 games two weeks ago to Kansas City. Last week, they're getting gashed on the ground. They're sucking air in altitude on a Monday night. That shouldn't be the case. That's my only concern. Yeah, that's a great point because we talked about this Denver team. We kind of gave them a free pass last year. Remember, we said, oh, they're so depressed about not having a quarterback. That D, that elite D has quit and is just not playing at full effort. Well, now they're playing at full effort. They're giving up over six yards per play. That defense is broken. No, I agree with that too, but I mean, I, this is just about value, right? And again, are we certain this baby doesn't get bet up to seven and a half? Well, after last week when Seattle got bet up, I, I'm not certain at all. So think about it, guys. If you have to bet a game and Fest says, you know, it's about 50% chance it goes up, about 50% chance it goes down. I'm not saying you're saying that. Huh. Maybe you bet now, right? Because all in theory, if Fez is right about that projection, seven is going to be, you know, uh, half the time you're going to be better, half the time you're going to be worse, right? Sometimes it's not going to move. No expected value increase regardless of what you do there, right? Equilibrium. The Nashi, uh, not quite. Moving on. Texan, no, Titans. Ravens, Ravens on the road here, minus two and a half in the super contest, extra juice here. Fez, lean or like? I like the Titans. I think this all comes down to an overreaction to the Titans loss against the horrible Buffalo Bills. I watched the entire game, RJ, plus two turnovers for Buffalo. Titans dropped an easy touchdown pass. They really could have won this game. But um, the bottom line is think about the value. Last week, Baltimore minus three at Cleveland. Now Baltimore is almost laying three at Tennessee. Tennessee clearly a better team than Cleveland, and the spot is horrible for Baltimore. Third straight road game. I have a trend for you. NFL over the past, I believe this goes back 30-plus years, third straight road game, 111 and 149 against the spread, that team in that bad spot. That's 42.6%. And remember, guys, when you have hundreds and hundreds in this case, uh, 260 or so reps, these trends mean so much more. Uh, you might think 12 and three or this, this is so much more impressive than even though the percentages of 12 and three. I just wonder, Fez, and maybe I'll look it up as we're talking. Travel has gotten so much easier. If we just, you know, and again, this is arbitrary, but if we said 2010 onward, I'll look that up when we get Brad's analysis on this. Yeah, on top of that, Tennessee has actually become a pretty good home team. Last nine games, they're actually won eight of them straight up. Straight up obviously matters here because they're catching two and a half points. And another defense coordinator, longtime defense coordinator for the Baltimore, retired Dean Pease. He unretires after Vrabel gets the job at Tennessee. He's now the Tennessee defense coordinator. Another defense coordinator that's very familiar with the personnel for the Ravens. And if you look at the look-ahead line, we've been harping on this a lot, but it's one of my favorite tools. Baltimore was laying one on the look-ahead line in this game. Now it's up to two and a half to three. Has anything really changed between these two teams to justify that line move here? Yeah, Baltimore obviously failed to meet expectations, lost as a three-point favorite against Cleveland. On top of that, what, Tennessee drops a touchdown pass, a surefire touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's pretty much the difference here. That's the point and a half downgrade. A drop touchdown pass, I'm not buying it. Tell you, Brad, you're stepping up. What's your record in the NFL this year at pregame.com? 
Mm, a little under 70%. Like 67. <laughs> and three and two here. I tell you this. If he has a good week this week, we'll bring him back one more time and give like a special NFL combo, like some kind of package that you're like, man, Brad's good at the NFL and I'm getting such a big discount. Yeah, so we'll give you a little, put a little pressure on you here. All right. By the way, Fez, if it's three straight road, all right, so you're saying prior away, prior, oh, okay, but this game, okay, that's interesting. So this game would be the third game. So this is the third away game. Okay, let me change that one second. Hmm, how many years? So third straight road game. So prior away, prior, prior away and away. That's third straight road. And I'm getting 79 and 97 last 30 years. I went back to 1980. This was a 1980 trend. So this is 38 years. Where do you go? What database goes back to 80? That was Mark Lawrence's database. Oh, okay. All right. Hmm. Since 2010, it's 44.7%, 21 and 26. So it's holding up. Okay. I tell you, three. So even a two and a half. Now, obviously, it's kind of between two and a half and three. We had the Titans. It would have been Maddie's best bet at three. Um, would you still? I'm not going to press a button, but would you? Would you bet it at, at two and a half, Brad? Yeah. Would you not, bet not it at two and a half, Fez? Yeah, I think it's so it, a three minus one ten. You think it's like a game of the year? Then if I, you're, I think it's like a fifty-eight percent play plus three, and like a fifty-three percent play plus two and a half. All right. Next game, Sunday night football. Patriots three and a half at home against the undefeated Chiefs. Also, if you grade them against the closing number, undefeated against the spread, right? Yes. So five and zero straight up, five and zero against the spread, getting three and a half. Fez. I like New England. It's going to be five and one straight up and against the spread after this game. Hey. Mahomes has been spectacular, but that Kansas City defense, depending upon what metric you want to look at, either the worst, the second worst, or the third worst in the NFL, and now they're injured. They have four starters on defense, questionable, and three of them are defensive backs, so cluster injuries. Hey, if there's one coach that's the master of exploiting your weakness, it's absolutely going to be the genius. And remember, New England's offense has underperformed, but the buy sign is blinking. Wide receiver Gordon incorporating in the offense. Edelman's second game back at wide receiver. Rookie running back Michelle has been improving on a game-by-game basis. I like the Patriots. I tell you, think about the advantage of having a home Thursday game. Not only, do, I mean, we saw in that cold spot, especially off the overtime, how, how what was it, two in, in 19 now against the spread? Team on uh, uh, playing an overtime game Sunday, playing on the road the next Thursday. And now you got 10 days to get ready for this. So you have almost a sure win followed by 10 days of rest. You know, New England has very good ratings. You got to wonder about some of that schedule making if, if there's a conspiracy. Well, I don't know about that because some would say the league hates. I mean, think about the Gate. Okay, Brad somehow likes the same thing as Fez. <laughs> yeah, again, expanding on the situation, it's just a great spot here for New England. Third straight home game, and look at you know, it just dawned on me. Are you talking to that guy at Seven <laughs> Eleven? <laughs> nice. Wouldn't it wow. be funny if Brad's like, <laughs> like, like snooping around Seven Eleven, saying, "I wonder who Fez likes this week." And they're like, "Oh, I'll tell you. He was just in, and I, you know, we talked for about an hour." I like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go ahead. But I mean, it, obviously, how much effort is New England? <laughs> how much effort is the Patriots extended? Really, blowout win over the Dolphins again. It was comfortable at least early against uh, the Colts ten days ago. Meanwhile, on the flip side, fourth road game in six games for Kansas City. And oh yeah, by the way, what did Kansas City do to New England last year? Embarrassed Bill Belichick. The most yards his defenses have ever allowed, at least prior to the Super Bowl, was that Kansas City game last. Last year, I like the spot here for the Pats. That's why I like them. Boy, there's two ways to think about that one, though. Ooh. One could be, hey, the Pats are motivated, or it could be schematically, uh, considering that the, the Patriots are known to have a slower defense. You know, Ooh, relative to decent. Point. I mean, isn't slowness deadly versus this Kansas City team? The, my bet is not on the New England defense. It's on the New England offense. So what's the, what, what's the latest total you've seen, Fez? 60. Wow. Whoa. How many Whoa. Times? That's something you got to look at. I tell you, this sounds crazy, but I think if you do like KC, it's correlated to the over. I mean, I think you're right. Patriots are scoring. Right, so if KC's in this game, I mean, no way. You know, like if I had to say talking about like pleasers or whatever, Patriots score less than twenty. If I asked you to, what would you need, Fez, to take? Yes, less than twenty. Wow, Patriots, I need twelve to one. So that's interesting. So you think the odds are better that the Patriots score less than twenty in this game? Then Oakland winning by two touchdowns or more. Boy, I made a bad number. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I would have thought like twenty. What would you have thought on on even if New England's shut out going in the fourth? I think they're probably fifty percent to get twenty one. Yeah, I was thinking like eighteen <laughs> to one. Yeah, I don't know. You always get a freak nor'easter in October. Or Brady could get hurt. Things could happen. Yeah, but he, yeah. Uh, do you think, let's say someone said, I'm betting Kansas City. Do you think they have better EV if they court, play with the over? Yes, because I think New England's going to get 30 points. I think, and plus, the way Kansas City covers is to exploit the New England defense and win a wild shootout. Next game, 49ers-Packers, Monday Night Football. Nine and a half right now. Packers at home. Fezzik, it looks like you've got a total. Yeah, I'm on the over 46 and a half. I like the fact that Rodgers called out his coach, says, hey, the offense is not being innovative enough. That should translate to more points. They missed four field goals against Detroit. That's why Green Bay didn't get to 30 points here on offense. And on defense, the cluster injuries for Green Bay in the secondary, they got four guys that are listed on the injury report. Given that, I know Jimmy G is gone, but I still think that San Francisco will get enough points. And in the new NFL, 46.5 is actually a below average total. I'll go over. Boy, I just worry about uh, Green Bay's, you know, Malinsky used to say, you have your power ratings. Then beside each team, you have an A, B, or C. A is you have strong confidence in your number. They could be a good team, a bad team. It's just how confident you are in your number. B is average confidence. C is I'm not confident. I don't know anyone that's got a got a uh, even a B on the pack. I mean, do you feel like you got a good feel for the Packers, Fez? Not at all. They, the uh Strange game at Washington when they got blown out. That's the one that has the asterisk now because how did that happen? If you would have said as a Lions fan, hey, you're going to beat the Packers and the Patriots, 
And I'm not going to tell you anything else about the season. (laughs) You'd be feeling pretty good. Yeah, the high-variance team, that Detroit Lions. Just ask Jets Watch out for the Jets. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right, uh, Brad. Yeah, pass for me, but two uh, obviously factors to consider here. Obviously, San Francisco off a misleading game last week where they were minus five turnovers. Usually that gives you value for the upcoming week. And on top of that, I don't want the West Coast team from San Fran in a game with the the highs being in the the mid-30s. Not interested in that. That's why it's a pass. Okay, guys. We've got left. Let's make some money down the home stretch. Esler's best bet. Brad Powers, one and only best bet, potentially $1,000 on the line, 500 times two if we fade him. And Fez's bonus best bet. First, our one and only commercial break. I'm a big fan of Simply Safe Home Security, and here is why. Simply Safe is ready for anything that gets thrown at it. You might say anything. What's anything? Storm takes out your power. Simply Safe is ready. A dastardly intruder cuts your phone line. Simply Safe is ready. Maybe some crook is really smart and they say, we're going to destroy the keypad or the siren. Hmm. Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. Some might say it's overkill, but you need to be ready, in my opinion, for the worst case scenario. How? Much is peace of mind worth? Well, a lot. Simply Safe's always ready, and it does not cost an arm and a leg. They only charge what's fair 24 7. Professional monitoring is less than $15 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. If you like it, you keep it. If you don't, you don't. Go to simplysafe.com slash dream today. Simplysafe.com slash dream. Protect your home and your family. Simplysafe.com slash dream. Remember, if you, yeah, listen, if you're not interested, you got a security system you like, forget about it. Wouldn't even want you to. But if you're tempted, try it out because it helps us. It helps support the dream preview. And we really appreciate it. And who knows? If it provides you a ton of value, great. And if it doesn't, you can cancel at any time simplysafe.com slash dream and our old friends at true car. Hey there, diehards. Here are some football facts. Even you might not know. The first football game was played in 1869. In an average game, the ball was typically in play for only about 11 minutes. And finally, pizza consumption rates go up during the week of a big game. Well, that's true. I can attest. Okay. You probably knew that last one. Well, here's another fact you might not know that's actually quite useful, especially if you plan on tailgating. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. You know what that means? If it's available in yours, 
take advantage. Let's finish strong, baby. Let's finish strong. Best bet here from Fez. This is your best bet number two. Dallas Jacksonville. Jack's favored by three on the road. Yeah, it's a proposition bet. I'm going to go with Blake Bortles to go under his passing yards. RJ, I think it's going to come about 270 yards. I will play under all the way down to under 260. It's too bad. So this is the your buy price, meaning 260 or better. Go under or higher in this case. And if it's 259, you don't think it's worth playing. Exactly right. And let's talk about Mr. Bortles. I actually gave him out over 267 as a premium prop play to my clients last week playing Kansas City. And I felt like he would exploit that Kansas City defense. Good chance as an underdog that they'd be playing from behind. And he threw for 430 yards. But he also threw four interceptions. So I love the psyche. Get into Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars heads. Now they're a three-point favorite at Dallas. How are they going to lose this game? With more Blake Bortle interceptions, they are going to simplify. They are going to dink and dunk. They are going to run the ball. And the fact that he threw for 430 with his team down 24 last week is going to give us way too high a total on Bortles. We're going to go under the pass yards this week. Mm, Convincing. How's your props done on the uh, on the dream preview? Mm. Very, I, I don't have the exact number, but we've done very well. Ask Maddie Holt. Yeah, Maddie pays. That might, might be one of the reasons why Maddie's not here. No, today. no, no, no. <laughs> Maddie's shown. Listen, he's busy. He's building a business, and he's still here every week. This was just you know G two A. Let's give him credit. Um, what do you think of the the under in this? Because the same handicap goes to the under, doesn't it? Yeah, you know what, RJ? It used to be 37 was my stop point where I said, I'm not going under 37 or less. Now it's 41 in the NFL. You can see games with no offense at all, and they can still get to 41 because the offenses are given such advantages by the refs. And what number are you seeing here? The total is 41. All right. So if this baby got to 43, you'd play the under. Absolutely. Four, I'd play under 41 and a half. I need that hook. That 41 is so important. So Brad... You're passing. Yep. So the 7-Eleven guy didn't tell you, Fed. No, he didn't. We didn't get to this. I'm surprised you didn't have uh, a bonus prop under under Bortle. Now, that would have been suspicious. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) You should have tried to guess the prop. Remember, if Maddie comes back or... You're sitting in his seat is uh, in the NFL pod. You sit there more than him, but in my mind, it's the NFL pod. If Brad goes three and two, I don't care about you winning or losing your back. If you if you have a winning week, he's back, and we'll put a we'll tie a whole bonus. Now a lot of people might be thinking, wait a minute, RJ, that means you got another chance to crack Brad. And I'm not saying that's a factor or not. All right, Dave Astler's best bet. It's on a game we covered, but we wanted to give him the spotlight here. It's the Steelers. And the Bengals. Free pick this week. The Cincinnati Bengals minus the points at home over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can hear the gulp now. (laughs) It's effectively saying these teams are even on a neutral field with the spread at two and a half to three. I disagree right now. The Bengals only lost at Carolina. That was their first of two games without Joe Mixon. Then they beat the Falcons on the road without Joe Mixon. He's obviously back now. So the Falcon, uh, excuse me, the Bengals. After a nice road win in Atlanta and a huge comeback against the Dolphins, just a really confident team right now. 
I think this is a different Bengals offense with Tyler Boyd healthy. Defenses can't load up on A.J. Green. And Dalton's quarterback rating shows that. It's the second highest of his career right now. The defense is playing well. Picked off Matt Ryan three times, Tannehill twice. Vontaze Perfect is back. The Steelers have faced two good defenses, only put up 21 against Cleveland, only put up 14 against Baltimore. Steelers on the road this year. Tied Cleveland, barely beat Tampa Bay. I don't think they win at Cincinnati, minus two and a half. It goes to show you, man. That's why the VIG, having the VIG is such a big advantage. I mean, Dave's got like eight years of proven winning. And like, I disagree with like almost everything he said. But I just texted him. I said, we all want to bet against you on Cincy. I'm guessing we won't get a reply before (laughs) the end of the show. He did bring up a good point that uh, Boyd has become a very capable wide receiver. Will that make up for Eifert being out? I don't know. I mean, you know, listen... That's the what's great. I love Dave. You know, here's what's interesting. When everyone handicaps the same, adding that third person, that fourth person is is useless, really. It's all gonna be, oh, I I like cow, you know, plus two or, or it's three, but it's gonna drop. And then, you know, the visionary. I, you know, I'm not gonna throw a bunch of adjectives on it, but that other person comes in. We'll call him, let's say, RJ or something. And he'll say, wait a minute. That feels too pat, too easy. And then the other people go, oh, no, you're right. No. In this case, they go, oh, well, hey, let's bet. Okay, fine. But to me, a guy that's going to come in like this. Here's a theory uh, for you to disregard <laughs> completely. Uh... That left field theory. That handicapper is a valuable addition to the mix. Matters at a website or if you're using multiple guys to generate your picks. And Dave goes against a lot of our basic premises and he wins, which means he's seeing something in games that we aren't seeing enough so, though, to win. Now, what someone might say is, well, RJ, if you could database every game and kind of log why he's picking it, you might find out he's 50 or, or you know, below 50% in this certain type of handicap, but he's 57 in the others, and he adds up to be a nice winner. So I don't know. Is it that we're, he's seeing something in this game we're missing? Or this is a, these kind of handicaps are a leak in his game, but he's able to overcome them. It's just hard to tell. Fez, do you agree in general that the diversity of approach is good if you're aggregating opinions? Oh, absolutely. And as far as that diversity, there's times where I'll be ready to make my biggest bet on something and then I'll get a contrary opinion and I'll get talked off of it. There's times I get that contrary opinion from a guy I very much respect and I say, you know what? I don't care. Pittsburgh struggled at Cleveland because they were plus five. Cleveland was plus five in turnovers. That's not a real cover by Cleveland. And I'll look to to either learn from that handicap or sometimes I'll dismiss it. One game left. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Oh, Brad, I, I would love to press the button here. Best bet, Brad Powers, $500 times two at stake. 
Yeah, we're going to go with the Colts plus two and a half. We talked about the Bengals being a phony four and one team. How about the Colts at one and four? I think they're much better than their one and four record indicates. This is a team that lost a couple of coin flip games in the final minute against Cincinnati and obviously the overtime shenanigans against Houston. How about Indianapolis? I was actually impressed with them against New England. Didn't cover as a big underdog. It was a terrible spot. We talked about it on the Straight Out of Vegas show. 2-19 and 19 against the spread. Teams often overtime on the road on a Thursday night the next week. And yet, Indianapolis losing players left and right, I thought competed quite well in the second half against the Patriots when they could have weighed the white flag and lost by four touchdowns. Now they get extra rest. I'm sure a couple of those players are going to be back. I think you have the superior team here on a much superior team here. Give me the Colts plus two and a half. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Mackie, come up to the mic. Oh, Fez, give give your opinion real quick. Yeah, I like Indy as well. Only concerns are T.Y. Hilton, who I believe is worth at least a point as RJ is like giving me the stink eye here. So I won't say a point and a half. And, uh, they're nah. tight. Oh, you were going to say a point and a half? <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, their tight end uh, Doyle's out as well. So, yeah, they're getting some of the guys back, but I, the most important guy isn't back. But I, I also think the Jets, sometimes a team. All right, enough. I Mackie, I want you to read the following. I want you to read Brad has five committed picks. I want you to read Brad's pick and then what Fez had in that game. Brad likes Pittsburgh. What's Fez f- likes Pittsburgh. All right. One. Brad likes Miami. Fez likes Miami. Okay. Two. Brad likes Tennessee. Fez <laughs> likes Tennessee. Three. Brad likes New England. Fez likes New England. Four. Best bet, Brad. Indianapolis. Fez likes Indianapolis. I'm an avid listener of the Dream Podcast. Follow Fez's power ratings. We did not discuss anything. You know, I've been on several other podcasts where I have disclosed some of this information. However, it is publicly available. Did you listen to any of those, Brad? No. Mm. These notes were sent in <laughs> hours ago at this point. What do you think, Maggie? Brad does his homework. He's a smart guy. <laughs> Maybe it's a different kind of homework. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a different kind <laughs> of homework. Someone else's shoulder. All right, listen. <laughs> hey, however you get the job done, you get it done. I'm very happy, Mackie. Actually, this will be a new thing. Why don't you recap? Why don't you recap the bets, and we'll close the pod. All right, we got RJ taking Chicago minus three, going against Fez for two hundred. Fez has a dolphin, and obviously against Brad, against Brad as well, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, I got $100 on that one as well. So you're going against me. Oh, and- no. <laughs> <laughs> Be very scared. <laughs> and you have Oakland minus 13 and a half. RJ, you're laying $100 at 14 to 1. Fez is booking it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, dog. That's it, huh? I guess I can only fade Fez, you know, once a show. So, <laughs> all right, listen. Listen, it, last week it wasn't this obvious. You know, it's kind of like if you steal a test, Brad, 
you know, the move is not to get an A if you're a C student. <laughs> the move is to get a B minus. Faz, what do you think's going on? I know when there's blatant cheating in the classroom, a bimodal distribution comes up, a two-tailer here, and it looks like we've got a two-tail going on on this podcast. Uh, if you think Brad is cheating, tell him, at Brad Power 7 If you don't think he's cheating, tell me, at RJ in Vegas. I doubt I'll get any tweets. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.